In the lunar valley below, Dr. Cameron Conrad saw Stradivari. Ten generators focused on a dime-sized containment field. His life's work, his grand creation, the reason he was here, slowly slip away. The installation was now obscured by a cloud of dust, ejecta hurtling past, propelled by whatever cataclysmic event unfolded behind Bunker Hill. A meteorite strike? His heart contracted. He saw Alicia, Mark, and Jesus, his workers, staring eastward toward the source of the disturbance. The dust thickened. The first generator anode fell over, slid along the ground, tumbled a few times, and was gone, disappearing behind a rise on the moon's western horizon. Leisha clung to B-node. The node moved, then settled. She got to her knees. Cam strained to see. Leisha! He cried through his suit radio. The gray cloud thickened. Cam caught one last glimpse of Jesus aloft before the gray cloud swallowed him. Something appeared overhead. Cam looked up in time to see what looked like a large silver eye peering down at him from the other side of Bunker Hill. He caught only a glimpse, then the eye. The sphere, whatever it was, dipped behind the summit. A new wave of ejecta shot over the hill and rained on top of him. He got to his knees, scared. Sweat came to his brow. Adrenaline rushed through his blood. Leisha? All he got was the sea sound of broken static. He turned east, saw the Gettysburg Scientific Installation, the moon's only research and military outpost, brightly lit like spokes on a wheel, tight to the ground, as yet undamaged. He saw the Sumter module and command port. Rocketing dust enfolded the SMCP. Modules and command vehicles bounced away like oversized metal balloons. An oxygen feed broke loose and hissed blue gas. The ejecta lessened. The weak, lunar gravity pulled the dust and flying regolith groundward. The static in his radio faded. He pushed himself up and keyed a command into his wrist pad. He looked at the small screen on his inside visor, where his biomonitor showed the sawtooth dramatics of his heart, then got to his feet. With the static gone, his radio came back but didn't come back in the usual way. Instead, he heard commercial radio from Earth, signals that weren't supposed to reach this far or on this frequency, an unnerving anomaly that told him things were truly awry. He heard music, news, weather, English, Mandarin, Arabic. Snippets of various stations at his radio skidded through the band like someone turning the dial with a palsied wrist. Visuals popped to his visor screen, network television from Earth, technically impossible because his screen wasn't equipped to receive such signals. A wild flipping of stations, like someone with a bad case of channel surfing. Television from all over the world. America, Europe, New Samaria, the People's Republic of North China. His fear deepened. He thought of the silver sphere. Perfect. Too perfect. Too unearthly. He tried to transmit. A standard hail to Gettysburg, but his voice wouldn't penetrate the broadcast pollution. He took a few steps. In the valley below, more dust settled. Stradivari was wrecked. Nodes A through J tumbled like toys. Ejecta patterns streaked Bunker Hill, showing up on the brown surface of the moon like frost patterns on a window. Leisha? Cam? Her voice emerged. 
through the electromagnetic tide. What was that thing? Did you see it? That huge silver sphere? Radio Sludge overwhelmed her reply. He took a few steps into Shenandoah Valley and, peering over Bunker Hill, saw the sun. His visor screen channeled appropriate shading. The sun lost its glare and became a small silver sphere. Then he saw that other silver sphere, much larger than the sun, glimmering along the edge of the valley's south slope, its argent-tinted luminescence reminding him of a dewdrop on a leaf.